So forget the Neiman Marcus, forget the Howards, forget those brands, because really, let's be blunt, you're trying to capture their attention with a fancy brand name. Send them unicorn balls and see what happens that way. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today I bring you Steve Sims. You listen to podcasts, read books, follow the experts on social media, and you find yourself getting mediocre results in your business, in your health, in your relationships, and you know you're not living up to your full potential. You've not broken through the limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And if you continue on this path, there are consequences. If nothing changes, imagine looking back in 20 years with regret and thinking, what if? Like, what if I could have found a way to unlock my true potential? Like, how would life be different? Well, you can unlock your true potential. I'm hosting our second annual retreat, May 13th through 15th, titled Moving to Mastery. We're going to take all of the book knowledge that you've learned and all of the life experiences that you've lived and turn it into results. It's going to be an intense weekend of deep learning and powerful, immersive experiences that don't stop when you leave, but actually include an additional 30 days of growth following the retreat. We've reserved a private lodge and event center all to ourselves located on 330 acres just outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It's an hour and a half drive from two major airports, Dulles and BWI, so it's easy access from anywhere in the United States or Canada. Space is limited, so if you're interested in self-mastery and finally getting the results you know you're capable of, reach out to me as soon as possible to apply. Just go to jimharshowjr.com slash retreat. It's time for you to move to mastery. So Steve has been on the podcast before, most recently in episode 274. He's the guy, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, he is the guy, he's like a concierge for billionaires. I mean, he's interacted with Elton John, had Elton John like sing with one of his clients. Uh, he's done work with Elon Musk and toured the SpaceX factory with clients. I mean, he's done all these ridiculous, like just over the top kinds of things. And really, we couldn't fit everything in in the last episode. And I always knew that I wanted to have Steve back on because I love the way he thinks. I know there's more to what he said in that episode. And I'll be honest, like selfishly, I love interacting with people like him because he thinks so big and so differently. He doesn't have any fancy degrees from any universities. He never went to college. He was a high school dropout. And this guy is absolutely crushing it. And he really embraces the mindset of success through failure. I mean, he's just a guy who believes in failure. He believes in just trying things and throwing things at the wall and doing hard things. And, you know, a lot of them just aren't going to work out, but that's why he's successful. This guy's phenomenal. Trust me, you don't want to miss this episode. All of this is 1000% relevant and he brings us all back. It really hits home with how any human being on the planet can and should use the level of thinking and the type of thinking that Steve uses. Check this out. Interview number two with Steve Sims. What are you working on right now? Last time we talked, you know, you were talking about Elon Musk and Andrea Bocelli and, and all these crazy things that you do. So what's shaking in your world right now, man? What kind of big things are you working on? 
so the world of travel is kind of like eased up a little bit. So I don't get to travel as much as I, I want to. You know, we did a couple of Italian and British trips over the last couple of years, but it has really slid up. So I've been working a lot more internally, working on my second book, Go For Stupid. That'll be released probably later on this year, uh, maybe even early into next. So it's really young at the moment in my head and on paper. Launched an NFT about, God, about three weeks ago. That did really well. We'll launch Sims.media, where we're focusing on other people's branding, marketing, and messaging, and really just trying to see how I can sharpen myself. So I'm constantly looking in the mirror and going, okay, I do that pretty good. How can I make it brilliant? And of course, you never achieve brilliance. You never achieve perfection, but you always want to get that one degree better. You have a different way of thinking. And I want to ask you, like, how do you get there? How do you break out of the mold of the day-to-day -day and think like that? So let's start with relationships, just the way you look at relationships, Steve. I, I saw a recent post that you made on Instagram. It said, F Bitcoin, the best currency is relationships. I mean, it sounds nice, right? It sounds like maybe something that someone who's trying to sell a book might say, but do you really believe that? 100%. How many people have got a phone call from their bank going, hey, how are you? Just wanted to check in on you during this time. Nobody. We've actually gone quite the opposite. Over the past few years, we've established relationships with things like Siri, Alexa, Instacart, Amazon, transactional services. Relationships are where people care, where people get into the eyeballs of each other, and people want to know how they can help, how they can support how can they be there for each other? And in a world where loyalty is bought by discount codes, you really need to focus on a relationship to remove all of that. I don't have to have a loyalty program in order to go and have a drink with my best mate in my pub, you know? So we need to be focusing on what a true relationship is and is not an association. So how do you do it? How do you maintain so many relationships? How do you build the relationship? I mean, you have a huge, deep Rolodex. You know, I, you know, personally in my life, I've lived in multiple different sort of universes in my life, in the world of wrestling deep into that world, in, in the world of the University of Virginia and the alumni base there is massive. And, and I was deep in that world. And now I'm in the internet marketing and podcast world and got such a breadth of connections. Like, how do you manage that? Right. And I know that you do unique and different things. You talk about the simplicity of like, take your phone, hold it up in front of you, shoot a video of yourself saying, hey, how you doing, Joe? And sending it to that person, like just doing something different. Like that seems like such a small thing if you're trying to manage like, you know, a thousand people that you know. And obviously you can't manage that number of relationships, but how do you manage and build and maintain meaningful relationships with a lot of people? Why can't you manage a relationship when you've got a thousand? You know, straight away, you've given yourself a get out. Straight away, you've given yourself, oh, you can't manage a thousand people. You know, I've got plus that in my Rolodex. And you gave a simple thing. Like, it's just a stupid thing. But I will at like in January and I did it. I picked up my camera, my phone. Now, bear in mind, your phone today has a better resolution camera than like Hollywood did 10 years ago, and it's in the palm of your hand. And you shoot a little video going, hey, I know you're going to have a birthday this year, if you're lucky. I just wanted to be the first person to wish you happy birthday. Happy birthday. And just literally just text it to all of the people in your phone book. Now, this is going to take you a while 
And for any of you, you want a little tip here, for any of you that have kids, this is where child labor comes in beautiful. You just give them the phone and they just scroll, attach, scroll, attach, scroll, attach, scroll. It's monotonous, but over like a three-day period, you've just texted 500 people with exactly the same video. Now, when was the last time you walked into a bar and you went, hey, Jim, how you doing? Steve Sims, it's good to, it's good to meet you again. You don't do that. Friends don't introduce themselves. So you can use that exact same video for everyone. And by doing it in January or wishing them Merry Christmas, this is another stupid thing I do. I send out Christmas cards in summer. And for two reasons. One, Christmas cards are really, really cheap in summer. And when you send it out, you go, hey, I don't want to get caught up in all the you know, influx of cards you're going to get at Christmas. So I wanted to be the first one to send you a Christmas card. Merry Christmas. And you send it in September. Now, that kind of stupid stuff that's cheap, that's easy, even the video and the text by doing it over Wi-Fi is free. It establishes your difference. Okay. It doesn't actually take that long. But one of the things you said before, how do you maintain the relationships? The first thing you need to do is look at it and go, is that relationship worth maintaining? I've had transactional relationships with people that I never got close to. So they get parked in the association. If something pops up, I can reach back out to and go, hey, John, it was very good to talk. And we, I was very pleased we did this. I'd like to do this. And it's a different form of relationship. But the ones that you're a little bit closer to, the ones that you felt a little bit of a spark was something more special. They go into a different folder. And it's just like growing a bush. It's just like growing a tree. In the early stages of you growing a bush, a tree, a vegetable, it's a tiny, vulnerable little seed. You've got to water it. You've got to nurture it. You've got to protect it. You've got to put a lot of effort into it. And if you're lucky, the fruit of your hard labor, it will grow and it will grow stronger and it will grow bigger and it will grow bigger to the point in time where it's so strong and stable, you don't need to pay attention to it very often. It's like the best friend you had at school that you haven't spoken to for five years. You bump into the street, you're hugging it out, and you're like, I haven't seen that, Billy, I love you, man. You know, you don't need to put a lot of energy into it when the tree's fully grown. It's the early stage you've got to put a lot of effort and energy into it. I love when you give these little tactics, and you did that in the last interview as well for the listener. You may want to go back and check that one out, episode 174. But... You know, so that you gave us a couple of ideas. I love it. My juices get flown when I hear these ideas. So I want to hear, like, do you have any more, like, top of your mind, like, crazy things you've done? So you gave us the video in front of you. That's a simple thing anybody can do. Like you said, it's free. The Christmas cards in the middle of the summer. I love that idea. So simple and so impactful. Any other stupid ones off the top of your head? If you've got a relationship where, and let's be blunt, if you've got a relationship where you're making money, okay, and you want to keep that relationship going, and you want to be front of mind, magazine subscriptions. You see, magazines are having a tough time at the moment. They really, really are having a tough time. So if your mate or your client is into gardening, is into travel, is into cooking, is into equestrian, whatever they're into, you can be damn sure there's a magazine out there. Now, magazines used to produce monthlies. Pretty much all of them now produce quarterly. So you sign up for a quarterly subscription 
for a certain magazine and you reach out and you go, hey, Jim, I know you love cooking. We spoke about that in our last conversation. It's a little gift. I just subscribed you to Italian cooking. You're going to receive this magazine courtesy of me. Enjoy. And then every quarter, without you doing anything, they get a Italian quarterly you know, cooking magazine. The amount of times I get an email, I get a text, I get a phone call, I get an email, I get something, and I look at my diary and I go, yep, magazines have just landed. And it just instigates them to reach back out to me because I've shown them that it's something that cares. And again, it's in that trigger. They get that magazine and they're like, oh, Italian. Are they thinking, great, I've got this Italian magazine? Or are they like, oh, this is Sims magazine. This is the magazine I got because of my relationship. Now, bear in mind, I don't work with poor people because poor people don't pay. So these people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with me, you know, in some cases per month. And I've just sent them a $30 yearly subscription to Shed Monthly. You know, just something ridiculous. The funnier, the better, you know? Or another thing that I do is when I go to an event and I know a certain speaker's going to be there and I like the speaker, I like the book, I'll also contact them ahead of time or if I don't have the chance at the event and go, hey, I've got a pretty good database and there's some really wonderful people in there. Send me a hundred of your books signed, just autographed, okay? Send them to me, I will distribute them. And I buy the books off of them, or in a lot of cases, and again, this is where your relationships come in, I get given these books, and then I send them to my clients. Hey, I was at an event last week, and -and so-and-so came on and spoke on stage, and I really liked what he had to say. I bought his book. I got it autographed, and it's in the post for you now. Enjoy the book. Let me know what you think, you know, and just send it out. It shows that you're constantly thinking, but more importantly, you're doing different things. You're going above and beyond what a normal business relationship is because you're thinking of the person. It's easy to get stuck in your normal day-to-day thinking, right? This is outside of the box thinking. This is different type of thinking. I've talked to, you know, Jay Abraham and, and other folks on this podcast who are what I consider exponential thinkers or outside of the box thinkers. How do you recommend somebody does that? And I'm asking for a friend, you know, like, Kidding aside, like, like I get stuck in my sort of like linear thinking, right? And I have tactics that I do to put myself into exponential thinking mode. And, and you know, one of them is I, you know, when I talk to my coach, I get outside of my normal thinking. When I do journaling, I do journaling on 10x type of questions. And those are the things that break me out of my traditional thinking. And every time I do those things, I come up with new ideas and I get refreshed and it's exciting. Like, what do you recommend? Any things that you recommend for people to do to get out of their email inbox, stop scrolling on social media, and do this to break the mold of your linear thinking? Yeah, the two things that you want to adopt heavily in your life is, and you need them equally, fear and curiosity, okay? I remember a friend of mine, Joe Polish, once said to me, the definition of hell is to meet the man or woman you could have been. So fear says to me, hey, do I want to be the same person today in three months? Do I want to be the same person today in one week, in six months, in one year? And the answer is a definite no, because there's no growth in that. 
When you're not growing, you stand still, you become stagnant, stink, and you die. So you should be terrified of being in the same place today that you're going to be in next year. Now, in order for you to make sure that doesn't happen, you've got to be curious. What is everyone doing? Well, they're doing great email sequences. Brilliant. I'm going to avoid that. You know, you don't stand out in a symphony. You know, so if everyone else is sending books, if everyone suddenly starts sending magazines, stop doing it. When everyone turns right, turn left. Okay. Now you're going to do a load of things that are going to be stupid. You're going to try a load of stuff that just does not work. And when it doesn't work, what do you become? You become educated. You just became educated on what didn't work then. That's not to say it won't work in the future. Jay Abraham, he spent his entire career, and I love Jay, he's a neighbor. Jay spent his entire career not on digital, not on online marketing, on person-to-person relationships, scalability, selling, communication. He couldn't be more relevant today than back then. Because in a world today where everyone's going, well, I've got to make sure my Facebook advert's correct. Bullshit. You're going to focus on what's going to create an impact and a trigger between you and a prospect. You've got to validate what you are to somebody else's problem. You're only going to be able to do that by communication, messaging, and standing out. And so you've got to be terrified to stand still. And you've got to be curious, and I suppose ignorant enough to try something different that other people aren't doing. I don't want to work to your standards. I don't want to work to what your acceptable marketing practices are. Me, I want to create and disrupt shit. I want to try something. When I did the uh, Christmas cards, I remember at the time going, well, the concept behind sending out Christmas cards, and I remember one day clearing out the cupboard, and there was a pile of Christmas cards. And I think I had like 50 cards. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, because you know what it's like. You end up buying those Christmas cards you're going to send out. You can't find them and you end up buying another pack. So I ended up with these big pack of Christmas cards. And I thought, shall I just send them out? You know, it's September. I know it's way early. What is my downside? My downside was zero. My upside was I become educated on whether or not it works or not. And so I sent them out and I thought, this is stupid. And, you know, I had a connection rate of probably around about 90% of those people that got the card contacted me going, this is so stupid. This is ridiculous. You know, who sends out a bloody Christmas card in September? And I thought, that contacted me. Don't we want people to contact us? Don't we want people to react when they hear us? You know, when someone mentions your name in a party, don't you want the other people to go, oh, my God, this guy, he is, he's great. He does this. He does. There's your marketing. That's your marketing channel there and then. So I sent this out one year, and I thought, I'll try it again next year. So the following year, I sent it out again. Now when I send it out, and I've still been doing it, God, like 12 years later, okay, because still no one's doing it. I send it out in September. Do you know what happens now? Because of Facebook and everything, people take pictures going, who the hell sends a Christmas card out in September? That's my coach, Steve Sims. I get people literally DMing me going, what's it going to take for me to get a Christmas card in September? 
what's it going to take for me to get the attention? I actually sent out a very rude video to a client that I'm known for being a little bit blunt and coarse sometimes. And this client was in a pity mode. He was like, oh, woe is me. And I, I sent him a kind of like, you know, snap out of it kind of thing. It was a little bit more vulgar and a little bit more coarse. And he posted it. He actually posted my rant on Facebook, I think it was, or TikTok. And I had people contacting me going, what is it going to take for me to get that level of attention? You know, for you to reach out in that manner to that person and for them, him to have received it with such admiration that he posted it, that's the sandpit I want to play in. And so that's what it is. You've got to be scared to be in the same place and you've got to be curious and able and focused to try something different and know that what doesn't work may not be working then but maybe working in the future. So that's the education you gain. Quick interruption. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to get the notes, quotes, and links in the action plan from this episode. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. That's jimharshawjr.com slash action to get your free copy of the action plan. Now back to the show. Yeah, I interviewed John Jantz. He's a small business marketing guru and been listening to him for years. I read his first book years and years ago. And this is when I owned a, a window cleaning company, like a home services company. And he said, you know, his concept was what is nobody doing in your industry because it can't be done and do that like, or find a way to do that or get as close to doing that as possible. And I thought to myself, and this is a very small thing, but it made a big difference in my business was I said, you know, it would be really cool if I could send all of my customers, because it was all residential, right? And I had crews out there doing the cleaning. And especially, you know, I wasn't even seeing the customers a lot of times. My crews were just doing the work. I was like, how can I really touch them after the job's over in a way that they're like, wow, nobody else would ever do this? Well, I would send them like $30 gift cards for like, like a high-end car wash. I'm like, that would be really cool to do if I could do it. Well, I can't do that. I can't spend $30 per customer times multiple customers, et cetera. It's like, that's a big chunk of change. But I talked to the guy who owned the high-end car wash and got a huge discount on them. And it was marketing for him and marketing for me. And, and I would send these as a, as a follow-up and a thank you. But it was like a little thing that sets you apart, right? It's when you have these concepts and these ideas of just, you know, the, the types of questions of, you know, what is nobody doing because it can't be done? Or what is nobody doing that if you did that thing, you would stand out. So anyway, that, that's obviously right in line with your thinking, but it's like digging up an old, something that I had done in the past that was super helpful. But when was the last time you did something like that? I've done it in this company. I can't think of specific things right now, but I've done things, done giveaways, you know, sent specific things to specific people, but it's not something I do on a consistent basis. You know, it's not a, a level of thinking that I apply consistently in terms of, you know, using the, I think it's Nordstrom's, the surprise and delight model. The trouble with Nordstrom's is it's fancy, okay? You want to create something that's a little bit more giggleable. I went to Universal Studios, and next to Universal Studios is a big movie complex. And next to the movie complex, I don't even know what the name of the candy store was, but it had all these different, every kind of candy you could think of. And I remember this because this was going back about you know, three years ago, actually. 
I remember in there they had all of these sweets with kind of like adult names on them and stuff like that. And there was unicorn balls. And there was this picture on the front of these candies with this unicorn with two big gonads hanging out. And I bought a load of packs of unicorn balls and just stuck them in a brown envelope, sent them to clients and went, you know, when you're watching your movie, everyone needs a candy. There you go. And it was cheap. In fact, buying the candy and the postage was all less than eight bucks. You see, the point is, we, and we play this game in our house, for Christmas and things like this, you know, you get what your Christmas pay. But in the evening around the table, you had to have bought something for someone for under, and we will go $12, $6, $3. And you will give a really low price. Now, do you know what happens when you start getting into that price range? You start thinking and you get really creative. So I took that into my business. I had a, he's a billionaire and he collects. He actually has cobblers that make his shoes for him. And I've had these conversations with him before. He buys stocks of this burnished leather and then gets them sent into like Paris, London, Venice to be made out of these shoes. So he'll see a shoe that he likes, you know, on a website and he'll contact his cobbler and go, you've got the leathers, do this one in brown, make it looking like this. So he never buys branded shoes like Prada or Church's. He actually has his own shoes made in that style out of leather that he picks all over the world. It's his thing, right? So he had a birthday party and I turned up at his birthday party and I had this tiny little wrapped up gift in my pocket. And when I saw him, I went, there you go. And I just gave him this little wrapped up thing. And he opened it up and it was a shell shoehorn. Okay, not metal, just shoehorn out of like a shell. And I said to him, because traveling nowadays, they won't allow metal onto planes and it'll probably go off. But when you get onto a plane, what do you do? You take your shoes off. When you've got good shoes, you want to make sure you're not breaking the back of them. So you need a shoehorn. This is now a beautiful travel one for you. Now, here was the thing. Two of them was $12. I only gave him one. $6. And the funny thing was, I don't know where it was. And it was years later. We were somewhere and he was getting something out of his bag. And he went, oh, by the way, do you remember this, Steve? He went, still travel with it. And he still had his shoe on. You imagine that billionaire on his private jet is putting his shoes on and off every single time. Who's he thinking of? So forget the Neiman Marcus, forget the Howards, forget those brands, because really, let's be blunt, you're trying to capture their attention with a fancy brand name. Send them unicorn balls and see what happens that way. <laughs> that's going to be my biggest takeaway from this episode is send them unicorn balls. That's your nugget. Yeah, that's going to be the clip that's going to make it onto uh, Instagram. That's the clip. That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, Steve Tim's get unicorn balls. <laughs> <laughs> send them unicorn balls. So I think of Tony Shea, right, and, and Zappos. Like, they went overboard, above and beyond, right? You know, people would, you know, test them out and call and, like, ask them to order a pizza, and they would order a freaking pizza for them, right? That's talkable. Yeah, while you're on the loan, joke of the day. Tony disrupted the business of ordering out-of-season sneakers. And I remember that I would order, because I had kids, and let's be serious, kids go through shoes every three months. So I was a, a Zappo-holic, 
and I used to love the ease of it. I also used to love the bullshit because you'd order the shoes and it would say, you know, four days delivery. And then you get an email going, what are we talking about? We love you. You're a VIP. You'll get them in the next 24 hours. Now, I got that every time I ordered shoes, but it still made me feel good. And then when you phoned up for any reason whatsoever, it was like, you know, we're busy at the moment. Would you like A, a recipe of the day, B, a joke of the day, or C, for us to call you back? Now, most people would go call you back, but they didn't. On Zappos, most people went one or two for the joke of the day or the recipe of the day while they were waiting. I remember the joke of the day was being told and the operator came on and I never got the punchline. I was like, I remember jokingly, I remember going, oh, I didn't get a punchline. And the guy went, well, hang on a minute, because I know this one. And he told me the joke before I even ordered my shoes. The Zappos was not a shoe company. Zappos was a community. It was a culture. It was an attraction. You were either a Zappos client or you weren't. Yeah. Delivering happiness. That's what they did. Absolutely. And then Amazon bought them and it became a transaction. Yeah, so many lessons out there that are right in front of our eyes. You know, Ken Blanchard and John Maxwell, these are guys who, they're like original influencers, right? They didn't have social media, but you talk to these guys, and I've had Ken on the podcast here, and they're all about relationships, like doing things for people, right? It's not about me, it's about you and building those relationships. And for the listener who's sitting there and saying, oh, Jim, I'm not in business, I'm not an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. You're a leader, whether you're a leader in your family, you can adopt this mindset with your kids, you can adopt this mindset with your coworkers or your colleagues, and you can adopt this mindset with your spouse. I mean, this is about life. Look, you're born and then you spend the rest of your life trying to build up experiences and connections. You know, because you're a human being. These things that we're talking about can be used within your dating, can be used within your business, can be used within your connections to your parents. What about your parents going, hey, I saw this great magazine. I know you've got all the time in the world at the moment, so I bought you a subscription to Gardening Monthly. You know, how are your parents going to think about you knowing that you cared enough to send them a magazine on gardening? You know, so these things are not reserved for you trying to get special access into business deals. These are about connecting with other human beings. And in a world and a planet of mass distortion and distraction, and now with COVID disruption, we need to be getting back to what we are truly built to do, which is to connect, connect and solve, not transact. Steve, a little bit of a left turn here. Do you set goals? Like, do you do any, like, you know, proper sit down, write out your goals process? Yes and no. I don't make it a task. So I am never far. And I'm in my studio here and there's two books to the left of me and my phones to my right. I am constantly writing down notes. Constantly. Then I will transfer those notes into what I need to do, what I need to get up to, or what I should look into. Okay, I'm constantly developing those things because, again, going back, I want to do things differently. Now, I remember when I was 20, my goals were to be a millionaire because every 20 year old wants to be a millionaire because they think when you make a million, the skies will open. and You never work a day in your life until you get there and you realize, shit, I'm barely getting by on this. 
but uh, it's a fact. So I constantly give myself goals. I also give myself goals not to do things, which is, again, everyone's doing this. My goal and commitment is to not do that, but to do this over here. So I'm constantly giving myself goals. and I'm constantly challenging myself to do things. How about failure? You know, last time we spoke, you went deep on failure and your belief. And if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. And any failures that you can think of in the past, I don't know, 18 months or so since we last talked? Any, any more recent failures, things that haven't worked that have helped you? In the past 24 hours, I don't want to go a week without becoming educated. You become educated not by being successful, but by trying things that don't work. That's where education comes from. You try something, it doesn't work, that creates education and experience. So we launched an NFT. Now, the NFT did very, very well for us. We made a lot of money out of it. We made a lot of connections out of it. It was a great marketing tool. But I should have done a pre-launch. I should have done a warm-up. I should have funneled it down like the release of a, of a single from a pop star. Didn't do that. So I missed out on a bit of euphoria there. I missed out on it, but I became educated on that experience. So when I released an NFT again, guess what I'm not going to do? And guess what I am going to do? So I learned things on that. I'm writing my second book, you know, Go For Stupid. And my book's been translated all over the planet. It's been a bestseller. I'm very, very proud of Bluefishing. But there were things I should have done that I'm now incorporating into Go For Stupid. We're working on media, media and marketing. The world of social, the world of marketing, the world of media, the world of branding is constantly changing. It's a sea of undulating surf and waves and tides that you constantly have to change, edit, and adapt. So I'm constantly going, oh, here, let's try this. Shit, that didn't work because we missed that tide. You know, let's edit it and move this over. We'll come back to that because it'll work one day, but not today. So we're constantly trying different things and constantly becoming educated. Never fail, constantly becoming educated. Love that. So for the listener who hears this episode and they're like, okay, I want to think more like Steve. I want to operate more like that. I want to take transactions and make them into relationships and, you know, just adopt your mindset more into their lives. What's an action item? Something they can do in the next, I don't know, 24 or 48 hours to really take this episode, take some learning and actually implement it into their lives. Well, the easiest way is to join my free Facebook group on Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. You know, bang, there's a shallow plug. But quite honestly, to be completely blunt, copy what I do for you. I don't do anything that's difficult. You've only got to talk to me for three minutes to realize he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he's still impactful. So everything that I do, I make sure it's simple to continue. It's not heavy lifting, it's not hard, and you don't need to be a rocket scientist. So look up, I'm on Steve D. Sims everywhere. Look up how I handle my Instagram. Look out how I handle my website. Look out how I handle my interaction, my relationships, and copy it. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just copy what I do, slap your name on it, steal my quote, my meme, whatever you like, and use it for you and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you now know. Tweak it. And when it does work, repeat it. So just replicate whatever I'm doing. For the listener, we're going to have links to everything that Steve just shared there. All of his social media, we'll have that all in the action plan, his website, a link to the Facebook group that Steve just mentioned. We're going to have all that in the action plan. So don't leave this episode without taking action. At the very least, go to jimharshawjr.com slash action so you can get that 
action plan. Steve, thank you so much for making time to come back on the show. It's been an honor and a pleasure, mate. Always makes me smile. Look after yourself. Likewise. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app if you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.